won't reach me. I'll be good. Sorry, I'm going to eat some peppermint. <clears throat> My uh, extended family have all been puking for days, and I can feel it wanting to have me, but I won't give in. But this peppermint's going to help the tummy tum, if that's okay. So I'm going to try and some piece of candy in my mouth. <clears throat> Amen. I'm glad to see so many of you guys back. Um, <clears throat> basically today, um, I'm just I want to kind of talk some more about what I shared um, the last time I shared a few weeks ago. Um, a few weeks ago, I, I, I shared a message about salt and light. It's actually the first of November because we were voting. Um, but I shared a, about how we were called to be salt and light. <clears throat> and basically, um, that these, are the, this, these are the very words of Jesus to us. That we are called salt and light by him. It's his identification of you, the Messiah, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. He said, you are salt and you are light. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 is where he makes this statement. He says, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. <clears throat> you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, <clears throat> they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father. In heaven. And so when I spoke last time, I, I spoke about the properties of salt and light. And I talked about how, how salt is, is essential for life. I, that, that without salt, the fluids in our body could not even be kept in proper balance. I, I shared about how salt has the ability to penetrate. You know, if you just, just take a pinch of salt and, and sprinkle it in a glass of water, it's going to penetrate and permeate the entire glass of water. I, I shared about how salt promotes flavor, my favorite use of salt. And just as salt lends flavor to food, we, the followers of Jesus, are to be lending flavor to life. And, and the, thing that I, the final thing I said about salt was that it, it preserves. Salt holds back corruption and it hinders rot. And the last thing, sorry, that wasn't the last. This is the last. Salt purifies. It has a medicinal quality to it. And boy, does it sting. But while it's stinging, it's healing. And then I also spoke last time about light. And I, I talked about how light was also essential for life. 
In fact, the light of the sun, it powers um, the entire food chain that we are all uh, partake in. And in a zombie apocalypse, you would be part of. Oh, my goodness. Mike, what are you doing over there? I need some laughs and haws. And... There we go. Come on, man. Leave that section over there. Get it? Uh, I know. I saw you. So the light of the sun, it powers our food chain, but, but the light also reveals. You know, it, it brings revelation to anyone who walks in it. You know, sometimes it's, it's in a negative sense in that that light exposes sin. Light reveals sin in my life all the time. But sometimes it's, it's a good thing in that, in that light uh, exposes truth. Truth sets you free. And one of the, the ones that I, the, the values or the properties of life that I really love is that love overcomes, or not love, love does overcome. <laughs> Light overcomes. In fact, in John chapter 1, verse 5, it speaks of Jesus, and it says that the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Now, I like how the Revised Standard Version says it. It says, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Amen? Light overcomes darkness. And then the final big idea that I shared the last time was that salt and light are are primarily for out in the world, not in the church. You know, Jesus said that we are the salt of the earth. He said we are the light of the world, not salt of the sanctuary or light of the Bible study. He didn't say that. And that is because this place, the church, is the primary base of ministry, not the primary place of ministry. This is where it all comes from, but not where it all happens. It should be very little compared to what you're doing out there. So today I want to talk about how we actually live out being salt and light. I believe the Bible clearly defines what living as salt and light means. And so I'm just going to put this right out there, right off the bat, right at the beginning, and then I'm going to spend the rest of my time convincing you of this truth. So here's the big idea for today. I believe the Bible clearly teaches that our speech is the salt and our behavior 
is the light. Our words are the salt and our lifestyle is the light. Let's read Matthew 5:13 again. We got any of those scriptures loaded here today? I know I gave them all to. There we go. Awesome. 5:13, Matthew 5:13. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. 14. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. Verse 16. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may what? See your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Jesus just described what it means to be light. He said, let your light shine before men so they can see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. So they can see it. Now, this isn't the first time we've heard something like this in Scripture. As a matter of fact, if you turn to Isaiah chapter 60, starting in verse 1, it says this. Arise, shine. For your light has come. And the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth and thick darkness over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Now, to help you with some context, two verses before this one. The prophet Isaiah declares that the Redeemer is coming to Zion and he's coming to those who repent of their sins. Isaiah also tells us that God is making a covenant with us and that his Holy Spirit and his words will never depart from us. That's just before Isaiah 60, and then he blows this up with Isaiah 60. He makes some awesome promises. I'm coming to those who repent. I'm going to give you my Holy Spirit. It'll never leave you. I'm going to give you my word. It will never leave you. So now Isaiah 60, arise, shine for your light has come. Every single one of us, every one of us in this room, every person on this planet, I want you to know you have a light to shine. You have a unique light to shine. And you see, what happens is when we repent of our sins and give our life to God, the glory light of Jesus 
It mixes with our light that we are born with. And then that happens. Guess what happens? Fireworks, baby. Right? Cue Katy Perry. <laughs> baby, you're a firework. Come on, show us what you're worth. No, 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 no. This is why we don't video cast yet. When the glory light of Jesus mixed with the light that you've been given at birth, fireworks go off. Glory starts to shine. And when your light is fueled by the glory light of Jesus, people see your good deeds and they praise Father in heaven. Can someone say amen to that? Paul says this in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 14. He says, do everything without complaining or arguing. Okay, let's... I should just stop there and just preach a new message about that right now. Do what? Everything without what? There we go. It's there, Michael. Everything without complaining or arguing so that, this is why, this is the big here's why, not just because we're tired of listening to you complain. There's a reason why you shouldn't do anything with complaining. So that you may become blameless. Anyone want that? How about pure? Children of God without fault. Okay, in a crooked and depraved generation. In which, here we go. You shine like stars in the universe. Now, what was the first word in this verse that we started? And the first word in verse 14 was what? Do. Do. Doing is something to be seen. Doing can be seen. You just saw me bust a move. I was doing awesome. That's why I shined like a star just for a moment. Doing is something to be seen. You see, that's why Paul says when we do everything without complaining or arguing, that we shine like stars. Our light starts to burn bright. You see, fireworks and stars are most brilliant against a dark sky. I mean, we hate it when they start the fireworks too early. Like, oh, the sun's not gone yet. Curse you, daylight savings. It's 10 o'clock and still sunlight. Fireworks and stars are most brilliant against a dark sky. 
And Isaiah just told us in, in, in chapter 60 here, he said that thick darkness is covering the people of the earth. And Jesus is telling you and me to be the light of that dark world. Isaiah tells us that your light has come. And again, when our light mixes with the glory, light of Jesus, everyone should see it. In fact, Isaiah says that that nations and kings are going to come to that light that you shine. Nations and kings. How does that happen? Well, I think it happens when we do things like build new inventions. I think it happens when we create works of art. I think it happens when we come up with new anointed ways to do business. See, that's all out there, isn't it? I think it happens when we offer a home-cooked meal for someone who needs it. I think it happens when we really, truly love our neighbor like ourselves. It happens when we lay our life down for another. You know, whether, whether it's extreme innovation and creativity or it's just loving others well every day. You have a light you're supposed to shine. there out there and God promises us that when our light with the glory light of Jesus fueling it he promises us kings are going to come seek you out now that king could be your boss at work he may come and say wow you've done such an amazing job I'm ready for a promotion for you Wow, I've watched what you've done in your aspect or your department or your division. How did you do that? I noticed that you manage uh, a lot of real estate really well. How can I invest in what you're doing? Kings will come when your light shines. Your light plus the glory of God means you get to be a star. And Abba gets much deserved praise. You know, when I was young, I was in the Boy Scouts. And part of the Boy Scouts is you had to memorize the Scout Oath, the Scout Law, the Scout Motto, and the Scout Slogan, which I remember all. They are, they're, they're good. A lot of it's biblically based stuff. Scout law, I'll give you one real quick. 
Listen to this list. A scout is trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind, obedient, cheerful, thrifty, brave, clean, and reverent. I mean, if I could get Christians to do that, we might have a little revival going. But the scout slogan is this, do a good turn daily. Now, that's some old school way of saying, do a good deed daily. But, you know, I really like how Hebrews kind of frames it. In chapter 10, verse 24, it says, Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Now, what are good deeds? What did Jesus say? He said, that's your light. Shine your light. Let them see your good deeds so they can give praise to our Father. So the question I want to ask, when was the last time you sat down and considered how to stir up and motivate others to love and do good deeds? When was the last time you considered how to stir yourself up to love and do some good deeds? I want you to know your light depends on that. You know, if you spend no time thinking about how to love others with good deeds, you've taken your light and you put it under a bowl. If you're not thinking about, what can I do good today? Your light is... You know, I talk to people all the time who are unemployed or underemployed, um, wanting a better job. You know, and then they ask me, what can they do after... You know, they've done everything they know to do. You know, I've put in applications, I've done this, I've done that. I tell them, I said, well, then here's what I suggest. I suggest that you make it your full-time occupation to serve others. Oh, do I get paid? No. Not a penny. But what you do do is you declare to heaven that I am serious. I'm serious about being useful in the earth, God. And whatever door you can open, I won't waste that opportunity. If you want to know what to do to get a better job, start working for someone for free. What else are you going to do? Watch Jerry Springer all morning? Waste your day on Facebook, posting those one-liner garbage, blah, 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 blah. If you love me, love, you know, sit, hit hello. And if you love Jesus, then repost this. If you love Jesus, get off your Facebook and get out there and go face-to-face with someone. Okay? I mean, if you really want to get some fast help from heaven, 
If you really want to get the attention of heaven for assistance in gaining uh, employment, get off your butt and go do some good deeds for someone else who needs it. God employs workers. He employs workers, whether you're a paid one or not. I mean, there are people everywhere who need help. Everywhere. There are people in this church who need help. Gary Tower is going to need trips to the hospital. Rhonda Thixton needs help getting to the hospital. Child care for Jenny and Shelly. I mean, it's endless. Or you can sit at home and post on Facebook and complain about not having a job. I don't know. I mean, in the economy of heaven, there's no lack. There's no shortage. So do things that the kingdom of heaven people do, and you get the things kingdom of heaven people get. Do things the way the government set it up for you to do, and you get what the government gives you. I mean, if everyone who, who wasn't fully employed would go out and do good deeds for free for others, I'm, again, I'm pretty sure a little revival might break out. What if you showed up at the mayor's office and said, Hey, I'd like to give back to my city. Anything I could do, sweep streets, pick up trash. Well, that's what the inmates do. Okay. Well, maybe you're in prison too and you just don't know it. I mean, what would happen if we just did the Boy Scout slogan? I mean, what would happen to the lost in our city if we made it our goal to do a good deed every day? All right, enough of that. I want to look at a statement Paul makes in Colossians. In fact, he basically makes the same statement that Jesus makes about salt and light, but he just says it a little different. Colossians 4, starting in verse 5. He says, Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Now, when Paul says, be wise in the way you act toward outsiders, he's telling you to mind your light. Mind your light. Be careful what it is you're showing off. Be careful what it is you're displaying. Be wise in what you do. Our actions and our behaviors... They are the light that we are shining for others. And then in verse 6, Paul says to let our conversation to be full of grace and seasoned with salt. Now, as I stated before, 
When Jesus said, be light, he was referring to our, our actions, our deeds, and our behaviors. Well, Paul's kind of expanding on what Jesus meant when he said, uh, be the salt of the earth. Paul is now telling us, he said, our words are to be seasoned with salt. So, so when we're living like salt in the earth, our speech, our conversation, our words are to be full of grace. Everybody say grace. grace. Now, there's some words in verse 6 that I want to look at just a little closer. First is the word grace. Paul says our conversation should be full of this stuff called grace. Well, this Greek word for grace is the word chariti. And it means that which affords joy, pleasure, delight, sweetness, charm, and loveliness. You see, our conversations are supposed to be full of that stuff. Okay, I'm getting blank stares. Our, our conversation, what you say to other people, not just in your head to God and to yourself and to any other voices in your head. What you talk to other people about is supposed to be full of pleasure and joy and delight and sweetness, charm, loveliness. And not only is it supposed to be full of pleasure and delight, but it's supposed to be seasoned with salt. Now, the Greek word for salt in this scripture is the word halati. And it is, it's not the kind of salt that means, uh, that, that, that makes food taste better, okay? It's not that kind of salt. The salt in this scripture is referring to wisdom and grace demonstrated in speech. Let your words be seasoned with salt. Let your words be seasoned with wisdom and grace. So if we were to actually kind of restate Colossians 4, verse 5 and 6, I, I think it would say something like this. This is in the Tom Preble Bible, so you won't see it in yours. Mind your light and be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of pleasure, delight, sweetness, charm, and loveliness, seasoned with grace and wisdom so that you may know how to answer everyone. So that you will know how to answer everyone. I've got a list of famous questions that are in the Bible. I want you to see how many of you, you don't need to raise your hand or say anything to me. Just... Just check them off in your head. 
See how many of these you could answer with wise words. Here's a question. How will we know that the Messiah has come? What is truth? Now, these are questions literally in your Bible that someone had to have wise words and answer. What must I do to be saved? By what authority do you drive out demons and heal the sick? What must I do to inherit eternal life? Who is Jesus? What must we do to be doing the works of God? How does a young person stay pure? In their heart. That's just a few of the really big ones that all have answers right there in either red or black ink. Do you know how to answer everyone with wisdom? Because it's not wisdom to say, well, Tom said this. Well, I heard on TV one time that this. Wisdom is something you possess or don't. Now, here's some questions that aren't in the Bible, but they need conversations filled with wisdom and grace. Here's one. If God is good, why did he create the devil? Or, why is there so much evil in the world? Or, why does God send people to hell if he's so good? Here's one. How do you know the Bible's true? These are real questions that real people who have no relationship with Jesus are asking. They're at your job. They're screaming in the bounce house. (laughs) Cast that demon out in Jesus' name. Do you have wise words for any of these questions? That's you being sold if you do. Words full of loveliness and charm and grace. You know, Peter says in chapter 3, verse 15, he says, In your hearts set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason For the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness 
and respect. We've got to be as salty Christians. I mean, how would you answer your boss who uh, told you you couldn't read your Bible at lunch or talk about Jesus to your other co-workers? How would you answer that? What would you say if your boss threatened to fire you for sharing Christ with someone at work? What would you do? Yes, boss. How would you answer your teacher or principal at school says you can't bring your Bible to school or talk to other students about Jesus at lunchtime? What would you say? What if they threatened to suspend you from school if you brought your Bible one more time? Well, we'll talk about light here in a moment. What wise and gracious words, young people, would you have to answer those threats? You would get real salty. Not assault him, but real salty. You see, if you don't have answers to these questions, I want you to know that's not good. But here's the, the good part. You can go to Jesus and find the answers. You can look to him and he will let you know. You see, the one who actually told you to be salt promises to equip you with the words you need to be salt. He promises. He said, you're the salt of the earth. And Luke 21, verse 12 he says this. He says, but before all of this, they will lay hands on you and persecute you. They will deliver you to synagogues and prisons, and you will be brought before kings and governors, all on account of my name. Verse 13. This will result in you being witnesses to them. But make up in your mind, say, make up in my mind, not to worry beforehand how you will defend yourselves, for I will give you the words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. You will be betrayed even by your mom and dad, even by your brothers and sisters, by relatives, by friends. They're going to put some of you to death. All men, say all men, all, men. All, people all people will hate you because of me. But not one hair of your head will perish. By standing firm, you will gain life. Now that is a promise Jesus himself has made to you. The word of God said this word of God to you. Jesus will give you the words. He will put in your mouth what to say to whatever degree the word of God lives inside your heart. Mm, there's the caveat. Oh, hallelujah. I'll always have what, to, I don't need to read my Bible. 
Because God will put words in my mouth. Colossians 3, verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. You see... The Holy Spirit can pour out an abundance of wisdom from your lips when he has a treasury of the word of God living inside of you to pull from. You see, salty Christians are preparing themselves to answer everyone by depositing the Bible in their heart. They're preparing themselves to give an account. You see, your words are full of wisdom when they're infused with the truth of God. Did you hear what I said? Your words are wise words when they're infused with the word of God. I meet many people who love to live by the wisdom that only their daddy taught them. Well, my papa did this. It's good enough for me. It's good enough for him. Well, my mom always said this. Well, did your mama know Jesus? Because that isn't in the Bible. It's time to get beyond our emotional ties to something we believe to be true. And get real with the truth of God. Proverbs 16, starting in verse 21, says, The wise in heart are called discerning, and pleasant words promote instruction. Understanding is a fountain of life to those who have it, but folly brings punishment to fools. A wise man's heart guides his mouth, and his lips promote instruction. Pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. I want you to know that the single greatest way to identify a Christian who is the salt of the earth is by the wise words that come out of their mouth. Many, many Christians love to talk a lot. But it's only the ones who speak with wisdom and grace that are actually living as the salt of the earth. You know, I love what was said about Jesus after he spoke in the temple one day in Luke chapter 4. Verse 22, it says, All spoke well of him, and they were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son? (laughs) 
When was the last time someone was amazed at the gracious and wise words that came from your mouth? You know, one of the major reasons that Christianity is suffering setback is because of one big word. Integrity. You know, not only is God looking for um, not only is God looking for Christians who speak the truth with wisdom and grace, the world's looking for those people too. Do you realize that? It may not seem that way. But when you look at the life of Jesus, who lived in such a depraved time just like we did, yeah, they didn't have the internet. Yeah, porn wasn't available on demand, but they could still get what they wanted in sin. Homosexuality was still raging in those days. All the sins that we deal with were there. And yet Jesus was able to be a delight to all the sinners. He was, in fact, a delight to everyone except religious people. That's it. Those are the only people that were, didn't like him, didn't like what he had to say. Everybody else thought, who is this dude? This guy I like. I need you to come to my house. Everybody wanted him at their house. Come over. I need you partying with me. There'll be some booze. Don't worry about it. I make my own. <laughs> Jesus was a delight to everyone. They were amazed at the gracious words when he talked about God and he talked about the word and he talked about life. People were amazed. They're like, oh, say it again. I love that. That's awesome. Can I follow you? Can I leave my life and just start following you everywhere you go? He had a really big following on Twitter. It's huge. Started that way, right? You know, isn't it a delight, though, when, when we meet one of those people, though, who, who say what they mean and they do what they say? He walked with integrity. I mean, isn't it a delight when you, you come across those people? I mean, it's those people who, by the grace of God, have worked hard at making their words mean something. Their words mean something. They have weight to them. There are some people who tell me I'll be there at this time and their words are weighty. I can actually count on it. I can plan. I can spend time and energy knowing it's going to happen. And there are some people who say I'll be there and I go, hmm, don't know that I really believe that. You see, it's those people who, who have that integrity who consistently do 
that which they say they will do. Their delight. And, and not just in the big stuff, you know. It's the little everyday stuff that they constantly follow through with. Those people are a breath of fresh air. Those people are salt and light. Last scripture, Psalm 34. Verse 8. It says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Now listen, we got to get something. The goodness of God is revealed in your speech and in your behavior. The goodness of God is revealed in the words you say and the lifestyle that you're living. Taste and see that God is good. Father God wants Mike to have more. <laughs> Father God wants the world to taste his goodness. Father God wants the world to see his goodness. People in the world are only going to be able to experience the goodness of God through us. We are that. It's through us. We are the conduit of the revelation that God is good. You are that. He doesn't just show up. I know he shows up to Islamic people and they receive Jesus spontaneously. But that's not the, the, the primary way. It's you. People only believe God's good by what you show them. That's it. And this is the problem. So I nobody wants us. Because we're not displaying the goodness of God. The way that people taste that the Lord is good is through your speech. So what are you telling the lost about Jesus? What are you saying about the goodness of Abba, Father? How are you telling others about the overwhelming presence of the Holy Spirit? Why do you think it is that the kingdom of hell is trying to silence Christians in education, in business, in politics, in entertainment, and media? Why do you think that is? You see, it's, I believe it's because Satan knows that faith 
comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of the Lord. And Satan knows that if he can bully uh, the youth in schools to be quiet, even if they don't have to, he wins. See, the devil knows that if he can bully you at work and put fear in your heart that you'll lose job if you talk too much about Jesus, he wins. The enemy knows that if he can convince leaders into writing the fence about biblical truth and social issues, that they might have a better chance at getting elected. I want you to know, hell is scared to death by what we, the salty sons and daughters of God, might say. Satan lives in dread of what one fearless lover of God might declare about the goodness of God. He's afraid of that. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And the way that people see that the Lord is good is in your behavior, it's in your actions, it's in your lifestyle, it's in your deeds. So how are you living out the wisdom of the Father? In what way are you displaying the sacrificial life of Jesus Christ? How is your life demonstrating the awesome power of the Holy Spirit? You know, we've seen the Robertsons of Duck Dynasty threatened with cancellation for their biblical convictions. We've seen the Dugers of 19 Kids and Counting almost get canceled because of their strong biblical beliefs. I want you to know hell does not want the world to see the light of Jesus being lived out in reality TV. And it's because demons are scared of the light that lives inside of you. The only way that these demons can bully us with fear and get us to cower inside this building for a couple hours once a week is when we are empty of God's word and ignorant of the light that lives inside of us. That's how they bully us. When the word is not living in you every day and you don't have a clue about the light you're supposed to shine, then you're a victim. You are picked on. You are put in your place. But I want you to know that if God is for us, who is going to be against us? If God is for us, who can be against us? Be salty Christians. Be light Christians. Go be a firework. Go be a star that shines in the sky. Live fearless. Because some of you are going to be put to death for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I'm just going to ask everybody to close your eyes for a moment. I want to 
give you a moment with the Holy Spirit right now. I've asked you several questions today. How's your light? How's your speech? Now, Holy Spirit, I'm asking you. I want you to speak to us about being salt and light. Holy Spirit, I ask you to come now. Bring the measuring stick of Jesus Christ to our minds. And Holy Spirit, I'm asking you right now with grace and wisdom, speak to us. And if there's a turning that must happen in our hearts, receive us with gentleness this morning. Spirit's doing to you what he did to me as I asked this question around time as I was preparing. I'm sure there's a, a bit of repentance that's coming up in your heart right now. It's okay. It's good. It's good that that sorrow would come. God isn't bringing that to condemn you. He's bringing it to lift you up bringing conviction to enlarge you today. He's calling you to change. To stop being afraid at work. To stop being afraid at school. To stop being afraid at the grocery store. Stop being afraid with your family. I believe the Holy Spirit's downloading to you right now an impartation of being able to speak words with loveliness and charm and pleasure, gentleness. Just receive that. feeling convicted and 
Just repent to the Lord right now. Just tell him you're sorry. Ask him for forgiveness. going to lead us this next year into a a harvest field more than ever. He needs every one of us to be salt and light. Everyone has a unique light to shine. You don't have to shine like me or Alger or anyone else that you think are the people who love to talk and be loud and boisterous and be that's you be your light you be the light God has made you to be but be a light don't hide in your house don't hide in this building don't hide behind your computer Go be light. Go be salt. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the command. You made a declaration over us when we received you. You said we're salt and light, and we receive that today in Jesus' name. And I pray, Father, that you, God, would make us bold and courageous to let our good deeds shine before men. As we end the service, we want to pray for two young ladies in our church who are getting ready to go and be salt and light. If I could have Tabitha and Amber. Tabitha is getting ready to go do student teaching in Texas. And Amber is getting ready to go to Vincennes University. Is that right? Got it right. I believe God is calling you two ladies to be salt and light where you're going. I could have the altar team come up. We're going to pray for these two ladies. Would you guys come in agreement with us? This is their last Sunday for quite a while. Oh, you still have one more? You leave on the 8th. It is Tabitha's last one. Amber has one more, but we wanted to pray for them together. And I believe this message is really relevant for you guys. Each of you has a different light. Yours is totally different, Amber, than hers. But you have a light, and we want you to shine that light. Because I know you love Jesus. And you love him in a totally different way than she does, don't you? And you love him in a different way than she does. But as a church family, we love you. And uh, we want to bless both of you. And we want to really commission you to be salt and light as you go to Texas and as you go to Vincennes.
a lot of things are going to change for you guys. Amen. So if you would just reach your hand forward towards them. If any of you that are up here, if you get a prophetic word or a sensing from God, just let me know and we'll just share that. Father, today in the name of Jesus, I bless Amber and I bless Tabitha, Father, both in the name of Jesus. I thank you for these young ladies, their sisters in the natural. And Father, they love you and, and Lord, they're going on a journey. And I pray, God, as Amber goes to Vincennes University, Father, you would make her light, that you would make her salt. That, Father, that which has been deposited in her, Father, that you would help her to come into relationship with other godly people, other godly students, Lord, that want you, that they might be salt and light to that university, that that university would never be the same because the salt and the light of Christ has come with her and through her. Father, thank you for Amber. God, thank you for the creativity that you've placed in her. Thank you, God. Yes, she beats to a different drum, and we thank you for the drum that she beats to. We thank you, God, that you're going to use it for your glory. And I just ask, God, for your wisdom and your grace, that her speech would be seasoned as salt. And Father God, her behavior, God, those things you've called her to, would be light in Vincennes. For Tabitha as well, Father, I thank you that Texas is going to get a great teacher that is salt and light. And I just pray your blessing, your safety, your guidance, your direction on Tabitha's life, Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for the light that shines in Tabitha and the light that shines in Amber, Father. And Lord, we bless them in the glorious name of Jesus. We commission them to go and to declare the works and the goodness of our God. Declare the goodness of God. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father God. Anybody sensing anything? Amber, what I saw was immediately when I walked up, up here and touched you as I saw a candlestick with the candle burning. And the Lord says, strengthen your foundation. Strengthen the foundation that's holding the candle through prayer and the Holy Spirit and through the Word. Strengthen, because there will be those who might want to put it out. There will be those who probably want to put it out. There may be things that will try to attempt to tempt you and draw you away. But the Lord says, strengthen your foundation. You've got a mighty foundation in you, but the Lord says, strengthen it. Remember, your servant's heart will win many for Jesus, but there will be some that will not believe you for real. So just watch out for trials. They won't believe that you're as good as your heart really is. So just persevere. Know that people aren't used to goodness. But you're going to bring the light. Um, a couple things I've seen. Um, <clears throat> part of even commissioning and sending you out is that you are going from New Covenant with a blessing. And the vision that I've seen was you had an umbrella and it was colorful and you were spinning it. You had an umbrella too, but it was different. It was a beanie hat with the umbrella okay it's you was wearing a beanie earlier today <laughs> awesome uh it's like uh, weenie world you know they've got the one okay anyway yours yours what did i say yours was black and white yours was colorful right all right 
there is a covering that you have. Don't forget it. And, and even though you, you're leaving, don't forget where you came from. And I, and I hear the Lord saying that to both of you. Don't forget where you came from. Don't forget the leaders, because you can call us. We can help you. Uh, you especially probably won't be back to live here um, for long periods of time. Uh, just as we've sent Joel and he's up north, I've seen you as being the southern connection uh, because you're all the way in Texas. Um, and everything is bigger in Texas. So there's something that you're going, and I know we talked a little bit last week, but there's something you're really going to learn in Texas that's going to be really big for your life, um, a connection that will be made. Uh, but there's, if you will receive everything that the Lord is giving you, I really truly believe that this umbrella covering can be yours for a lifetime. Are you going to pursue everything that God has for you and you be uh, the southern connection for what God is doing in this body? Because it's not you're being sent off to say, hey, see you later, hope you do well. You are an extension of New, of new Covenant, of this house and the ministry that God has in it. And, and you guys are a part, even though it's different. Anything from the youth team? else got anything on their hearts okay Brian come up here if you don't mind buddy and just just declare a blessing over them and just pray over them and we'll seal it okay. Lord I thank you for Tabitha and Amber Lord <clears throat> Lord I thank you for the journey you've had them on and the hearts that they have within them and the touch you have upon them and your presence that's within them Lord, I thank you that as they're going to those places, Lord, that it's much more than the next step in their life, Father. It's like the next level in you. It's so much more than the natural, I'm growing up, I'm moving on. It's so much more than that, Lord. It's what you're doing with inside of them, the authority and the power they're going to gain, the, the next um, insight, the next mystery you reveal to them, Lord, about you and where they are in you and what they can do with you and through you and the power they have. Lord, I just bless them, Father, and I thank you for each one of them. Bless their families, Father. Be with them as they're going to have to do some adjusting as how things have changed in their family unit. Pray blessing and grace upon each one of their lives. In your name, amen. Thank you, Brian. Amen. If you guys, if, if you get anything in your own heart that you have for them, feel free to come up. We're going to end the service right now. God bless you guys, and we'll see you next year. <laughs> God bless you.